It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky day, Mr. Sam. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian, Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Uh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. Stay tuned, because it's on now. The Tom Sumner Program. I know this is a really hard time for everyone. We're facing a killer virus, economic pain, and all the frustrations of being cooped up at home. Believe me, I have two teenagers to deal with. But the worst thing we can do is let up now, triggering a second coronavirus wave that causes more death and economic chaos. What you're doing is working. You're saving lives. So let's all hang in there and please stay home and stay safe. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. It's time now for Armchair Politics. Join host Tom Sumner for this weekly reality check on current events in local, state, and national politics and the real issues that really matter. You, too, can be part of Armchair Politics. Find us on Facebook. We let the dogs off their leash. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to this New Year's Eve Eve edition of uh, Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program, where we're going to take a, uh, well, I guess we're going to put 2020 hindsight on 2020 as we... uh, look at 2020 through the eyes of armchair politics with our uh, panel of uh, political pundits, our roundtable regulars, if you will. On the left, Flint's premier political pundit, Paul Rosicki. Paul, welcome. Good morning. Good to be here. And on the right, longtime Genesee County Republican, Henry Hatter. Henry, happy new year. Good morning, and thank you. And thank you very much for the card. Oh, yes. I appreciate that. I meant to say something before we went on the air. But but anyway, um, we usually start with a series of quotes, and I thought what we might do, since uh, since we're looking back, is uh, pick some... uh, I'm going to share some top quotes from the year and um, see if you can uh, maybe identify who said it. and, and I've got about 10 here. I think we've got plenty of time. Um, we are all Lakers today, is the first quote. Any thoughts on who might have said that? Oh, that's interesting. Huh. Gee, I don't I'm know. not the that president. Was... It says, we are all Lakers today. That was, from, Lakers. that was from Los Angeles Clippers coach Doc Rivers after the death of Kobe oh. Bryant in January. Oh, Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. As I say, there's so much that's happened this year, it's easy to forget exactly when things happened over this past year. I, yeah, I know. 
I mistook Lakers for uh, Wakers because being awake uh, is a also an often referenced uh, thing by Republicans. Thank uh-huh. you. Well, here's one. Um, <laughs> you're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. <laughs> well, there's a good one. Gee, who in the world? <sighs> you know who said that? No. Joe Biden on February 9th to oh, a student who asked how he can win a national election after his troubling results in Iowa. <laughs> and 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 Joe Biden snapped on him. <laughs> I guess so. I I I'd not heard that quote. That's, that's yeah, I I heard it. Um, yeah. But I I I knew uh, that it had it was in reference to the president. Let's see. Here's one. Um, the science should not stand in the way of this. Um, Dr. Fauci. No. You're going to say Fauci? No. White House Press Secretary Kaylee McEnany. Oh, uh, yeah, About yeah. the reopening of schools on July 16th. She said uh, that science should not stand in the way of opening the schools. <laughs> okay. This has been a year of great quotes. Yeah. Yes. Gee. And of course, this one I think is is probably well known to everybody. Um, here's the quote: uh, If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. There's Biden. We all know that one. On the, yeah. On the radio show. Yeah. Yeah. The Breakfast Club radio program on May May twenty second. Um, and, and here's one that, that probably we all remember. Um, my most fervent wish is that I will not be replaced until a new president is installed. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Uh, yeah. It was. Supreme Court Justice yeah, Ruth Bader yeah. Ginsburg in a statement dictated to her granddaughter, Clara Spira. Um. And, and almost a dying declaration, <laughs> you know. I mean, yeah, I heard it described as that. I mean, during the uh, confirmation debates, that's that's the way it was described. That it was some kind of a last wish of sorts. Well, number five, and I'm doing these in reverse order, ten through one. Um, I will never lie to you. You have my word on that. Ooh. This is going to be did, interesting did, 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 for me. I was going to say, did Biden say that at some point? Or was no, the, it, that was, again, White House Press Secretary oh. Kaylee McEnany at her first press briefing on May 1st. Oh. Because mm. I don't see men uh, advocates uh, saying that and getting away with it. <laughs> I will never lie to you. Whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, it, it, yeah, that just always reminds me of uh, <laughs> the the uh, two politicians that are having an argument, and one says to the other, "Are you lying to me?" And he says, "Yeah, but hear me out." <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty good one. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> well, let's see. Number four. I see the disinfectant that knocks it out in a minute, one minute, and is there a way we can do something like that by injection inside or almost a cleaning? 
the president. Oh, that's tr- Trump at a press conference. Yeah, uh, yeah. White House cor- yeah, uh, Coronavirus yeah. Task Force news briefing on April 23rd. And I think the subject matter was uh, bleach or uh, uh, one of those uh, strong, potent house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was basically he was he was saying, and and he was doing something that he did often and probably shouldn't have done, and that was thinking out loud at a public, yeah. you know, press conference. And um, you saw you saw at, at that conference, I recall that the uh, the medical personnel, Fauci and and uh, the, the other uh, medical people around, were kind of cringing <laughs> when they heard that. Well, and and he was just he was just thinking out loud. Yeah. I see. Yeah, that's you know, right. Yeah, bleach that's is true. a disinfectant. And there was nothing wrong with it. No, yeah, no, there was nothing wrong with it. Except he was thinking he, not as a scientist, but as a person who had an inquiry about something that compared. Yeah, he to was cleaning he, or destroying. Agents yeah, he was saying you put a disinfectant on a countertop, boom, the virus is gone. Why can't we have something like that by injection yeah. that just wipes out the virus? Well, that's, uh, you know, essentially what vaccines and treatments do. Yeah. Um, but uh, but he, 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 got, he got teased for, for, forever for that. If, well, yeah, because the, it, it was really portrayed as though he had said, let's shoot bleach into right, people's like arms. Bleach. Bleach cocktail, and <laughs> exactly, yeah. And of course, uh, this one was uh, a, a very famous quote: "One day, it's like a miracle; it will disappear." That again has got to be Trump. That was that was uh, President yeah. Donald Trump talking about the coronavirus on February twenty seventh. Wow. Hmm. And the way it mutates. Um, that could be true. Well, no, and he uh, was—he was clearly downplaying the, yeah. you know, the 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 fear of it spreading, um, as, as though this was just a little outbreak in New York, and it really didn't hit big until well into March. You know, this was a month ahead of the real wave that. Yeah, well, it was mid-March when, when everything began shutting down. Was, in fact, it was right after the Michigan primary that, I mean, within days, all of a sudden Michigan shut down and a lot of other places did roughly in early to mid-March. Uh, that's true. And, of course, we're, we're down to the last two. Um, the the uh, number two on the quotes of the year, or the year's top quotes, um, I can't breathe. Oh, oh wow. yeah. Floyd. Yeah, George Floyd and his final yeah, words to yeah. Minneapolis police before he died on May 25th. And, of course, wear a mask is, is, yeah, is the number did. one top quote of the <laughs> year. Yeah, I think everybody has said that somewhere. Yeah. Like that. Everybody has, but they're, this is from CNN, and they're attributing it to Director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, Dr. Anthony Fauci, repeatedly urging Americans to slow the spread of COVID-19. Um, now, I would have attributed that to our governor. Well, and she has said it many, many times, too. And that's that's one of the reasons why I, I think they picked it uh, at CNN as the top quote of the year because it it was used so often and by so many different people. But they yeah, attribute it to you, Fauci. 
Yeah, if you listen to, to TV or, or radio, you hear that probably a dozen or 20 times a day in public service announcements or similar kind of things, not to mention signs on on doors as you're going into into stores and so forth. So, yeah, it's almost a universal statement for this year in many ways. And uh, let's see, we've got we've got a couple minutes before we go to break, so I'm going to share with you some new words from 2020. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. And and I'll just I'll just do a couple of these um, that I thought were kind of. Uh, kind of interesting um nothing burger oh and that's uh calling something a nothing burger is a simple way to say Without it's me. irrelevant oh. um, according to dictionary.com it's an often highly publicized event or situation that is said to have less impact or significance than expected so you know that that rally or that town hall was a nothing burger. And there's mm. no substance to it. Mm-hmm. Um, am I right? Spelled A M I R I T E has made it into uh, the dictionary, at least some dictionaries, um, simply as uh, a, a slang version of Am I right? Huh. Um. That's, that's kind of a new one. I'm not sure I've seen that one around much. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. Well, it's close to the computer language that young people that's use true. That's as true. they communicate with each other. They drop vowels and they drop consonants and stuff like that, and still they can understand the gist of the or tone of yeah, the Yeah, so many of those, those texting abbreviations. That's yes. true. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Here's uh, GOAT. I don't know if you've seen that, but... Uh, that's an abbreviation used mostly in sports, but but it, it stands. It's an acronym standing for greatest of all time. Oh yeah, Did, didn't Muhammad Ali use that back in his day? Yeah, but I don't uh, think they used the abbreviation the way they do now because of yeah, it's probably true. Yeah, yeah. Um, social media, awesome sauce. Um, <laughs> that's referring hmm. to uh, something anything that's that's awesome. And used in a lot of different ways, and of course the word the word zoom. Yeah. Oh yeah, turned yeah. into a verb. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <Yeah, that's> right. <laughs> you you, na- you now zoom your meetings. Yeah. That's yeah yeah. And you zoom with people. It, it's uh, become a whole different uh, application. No pun intended. Anyway, we do have a break coming up, and when we come back. I'm going to bring up the things that we talked about on Armchair Politics throughout 2020, and we'll uh, kind of see if anybody remembers them. (laughs) Because the year seems like a decade all by itself. Anyway, um, as I mentioned, we are going to take a short break. We're going to let our broadcast partners at WFOV 92.1 FM, our voices radio in Flint, squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. And then we'll return to this uh, final edition of Armchair Politics for 2020. Uh, we'll be back next week, of course, to start out the new Everybody's doing a brand new dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Thank you, and thank you all for tuning in. You know, we know that tough times don't last, but tough people do. We've been through a lot here in Michigan. We've been through crisis before, where the country needed their countrymen and countrywomen to pitch in collectively to get through a crisis and rise to the occasion. Michigan once was the arsenal of democracy to win World War II. We need that same spirit now. We're working around the clock with doctors and hospitals and first responders to stop the spread and to save lives. But we need your help too. The state has launched a new volunteer website at www.michigan.gov forward slash fight COVID-19 where trained medical professionals can register to serve their fellow Michiganders by assisting hospitals in fighting COVID-19. State residents can also use the site to find out how they can help in their local communities by giving blood or donating resources or needed medical supplies. Whether you're a medical professional looking to volunteer or you're someone who can give blood or donate to your local food bank, everyone can help out. To get through this, we must all do our part. Stay home, stay safe, and save lives. Hi, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. If you like talk radio that makes you think without telling you what to think, check out our whole show weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com. Selected segments are also available on this and other radio stations, but you can hear us anytime. Daily editions of the Tom Sumner Program repeat online all day and night on the show's website. Past shows can be found in the website archives. My long-format interviews with New York Times best-selling authors, photographers and writers from National Geographic, as well as artists, musicians, candidates, and elected officials are made possible by listeners like you. Support the Tom Sumner Program and Civilized Talk Radio. Visit our website at TomSumnerProgram.com and become a member. You can make a one-time gift or become a sustaining patron by taking the link to the Tom Sumner Program Patreon page. Thanks for listening and thanks for your support. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone. And Genesee Health Plan can help. I called and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to Genesee Health Plan. We're in this together, and together we'll get through it. The Tom Summer Program.com. 
Hi, this is Deb Cherry, Genesee County Treasurer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Radio Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue this uh, year-end edition of Armchair Politics, or uh, 2020 in hindsight. Um, we have our roundtable regulars, uh, Paul Rosicki on the left and Henry Hatter on the right, as we uh, talk about some things that happened this uh, past year, some COVID-related, some not. Uh, like, for example, um, do you remember the... Uh, special uh, special election for the state house of representatives to fill uh, Sheldon Neely's vacated oh, seat right. when that, he became yeah, that mayor. Was really in the that was in, that yeah. was in January Cynthia Neely Democrat won handily over uh, Republican challenger Adam Ford after uh, beating a pretty impressive field of uh, Democrats running to yeah. to run in that that special election. Well, she had the name identification. That's a foregone conclusion. Well, that name was yeah. It helped a lot, but but there were other well-known names in that mix. I, I was it. But they weren't as wrong. well known as Neely's. And that's true. That's Neely true. had been named by the governor to potentially be her running mate, so he got a lot of push from that. And, well, and he had just been elected um, mayor. Yeah. yeah. And you know that's kind of a, almost a tradition in that part of the county, that part of the county or the city, is that we've had a number of husband and wife teams who have held the uh, the legislative seats in that area, uh, the yes. Cherries and um, the Clacks, um, the Clacks, all, yeah, all in the same general part of the county. But that that district that Neely and Clack and all of them run in were designated district. For uh, a black candidate, and that yeah. black candidate, yeah, that particular district had been for a long it time. Was a black Democrat, if you think about it, and we talked about that for many years about uh, why it was so strongly designated, so that nobody but a Democrat could win in that area. Yeah, you know, it'll be worth watching this year. One thing to look for this year, as they redraw the districts toward the end of the year, probably uh, whether or not the, how much those districts will change because Flint's going to lose population and they'll have to redraw a yeah. number of the area districts and it'll be worth watching to see how those things do change. <clears throat> and, and it won't surprise me that the Democrats don't uh, gerrymander it the way we've always done. That's a, well, we, we've, we've, we've now that's got that nonpartisan commission. Yeah, that, well, yeah, it's worth seeing what that, that commission will do. Will they really be genuinely nonpartisan or... Are they going to get caught up in the partisan bickering that's always been part of gerrymandering? Well, mm -hmm. I don't I think don't that I don't think the two at large makes it a nonpartisan. It's more bipartisan than right. Yeah, that's that's, that's more correct. Yeah, yeah. Well, do you yeah. remember this one also from January of 2020? Um, Eric Mays giving a Nazi salute to then Council President <laughs> Monica Galloway. <laughs> Oh, I almost forgot about that. That's I, right. I, oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> well, that's, that's why I'm bringing well, these, a, bringing these things up. pose that would be. <laughs> All in the Flint City Council. <laughs> now, in putting this together, there, there's, there's a big hole in our schedule from February and March. That's when I closed the uh, studio on Court Street and then moved the studio home, and I took some time off. So, as far as issues go, we really didn't have those discussions in February and March. 
when the uh, pandemic was first kicking up, it was uh, pretty well in place when we started doing shows again. But remember this this story from May, um, the Flint Dollar Store shooting over the mask policy. Oh yeah, that's oh right. yeah, over the, yeah. Ma- over the mask. Right. Yeah. There are some things that are so memorable that you don't forget, and that was one of them. Well, you know, but Henry, you know, there's, there's been so much this year that it and, and the pandemic dominated so much of the news. It's easy to, as as Tom mentions, I, said, I keep reminding myself, oh yeah, that happened this year too, because yeah. there's been so much stuff happening. It's some of it seemed like it was a decade ago, and it was only six months ago. Yes. Well, and and also it was in May when uh, Owasso barber Carl Mankey first oh, yeah. defied the governor's pandemic-related <clears throat> closure order. And he just, yeah. we were talking about him just a couple of weeks ago because he just finally got let off the hook. Uh, yeah. So um, that was kind of interesting. Uh, do we have a winner and loser in this case over that whole episode? Is well, there a winner he's still in business, between the governor and uh, the Barbara? Who came out successful? That's a great question, Henry. And I would I would have to say that uh, that Carl Mankey uh, stood his ground and and fought City Hall and won. Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of of the the coverage he got, that's probably true. Well, and because... and ultimately, all of the charges and fines were either dropped or paid for by other people supporting his yeah. cause. Yeah, that's true. But the governor came back strong, and she clamped down, and she dared people to try such a thing again. And so she's been holding pretty steadily there, and uh, looks like uh, the strategy that she's laid out for herself is working for her. I think so, but and, and I think it's probably wise not to not to pursue, you know, hardline prosecutions of these folks too much because that makes yes. them martyrs in some ways. So, I mean, yes. the fact that Menke got you know essentially got relieved of some of the penalties probably makes wise political sense. You can debate whether it was correct legally in some ways, but politically, like I say, if he had been locked up or gotten severe fines or lost his license or something, he would have become a martyr for the cause. Yes. And and speaking of causes, and this is going to be uh, uh, a, a little bit unusual because some things are going to overlap as we go from some of the local issues to state issues to some of the national issues because they were going on at the same time. So we may revisit a subject or two because it had an impact locally or at the state level, but it also comes up because I'm looking at all the things we talked about from local, state, and national news um, over the year. And, And I bring that up because of this next item on my list, which was the, um, racial demonstrations in the um, wake of the George Floyd killing and Breonna Taylor and there were there were others mm-hmm. that that rolled into that but it was really sparked by the George Floyd killing and yeah. the uh, Flint demonstrations and Sheriff Chris Swanson and his reaction to the demonstrators 
And that exchange, which ended up making national news, when Chris said to uh, to the group, "What do you want from me? What do you, what do you want me to do?" Yeah. And he's and and a guy from the crowd said, "Walk with us." And he said, "You want me to walk with you? We'll walk with you. Let's start walking." And that that exchange made national news. And walk with us, really. I think became a candidate for top quote of the year. I think so. Yes. I think so. Yes. Yeah, really. Do you know who said that? Did you identify I, the person? You know, I I should have Henry, but I did not. I think um, Chris would certainly know. Chris Swanson, uh, Genesee County Sheriff. Um, yeah. But I I yeah. never did learn the man's name, but I have credited him several times. For instead of you know shouting some yeah obscenity yeah or or some yeah. some nasty criticism or something, saying walk with us, and I give Swanson credit for his response. I mean, yeah, he, very he quickly it. catching on and saying okay, we're gonna walk with you. <laughs> and, but he got terribly criticized by some critics, as oh. you remember. But he did the right thing because it changed think, the conversation across the nation. It really did, and you know, you say there were some people who criticized him, and and there probably were, but I I saw more people imitating his behavior. Yeah, oh, I think so. In fact, I, as I've been watching that, I'm kind of wondering whether or not he's going to he's looking at running for higher office at some point. I mean, he's gotten so much good coverage out of that one quote. Uh, and really, and other things he's done since then too. But I, I'm Christmas. starting to wonder whether or not he's going to be a possible candidate for something else i mean i don't know what and this is pure speculation but uh he's gotten a lot of great coverage out of that if you've ever followed chris chris is a great communicator he goes everywhere he knows yeah. everybody and he engages in positive conversations in churches and other places because i followed chris hyper energetic right. kind of guy Yes. Yeah, he he really is. It's almost too much so at times. <laughs> True, but he gets teased for that a lot. People have, have I've heard people say yeah, he's off the caffeine a little bit, but because yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does come off that way sometimes. <laughs> but but it is, and and this is unusual to say about anybody that holds a countywide or citywide or statewide election. He really, I believe him to be absolutely sincere. So do I. Yeah, yeah that's, that's been my personal connection. I've met him a handful of times, and that's been my personal reaction. Yeah. And he takes, play, he takes part in plays at churches, and he, sometimes he's the Christ child, sometimes he's something else. But uh, always engaging the imagination of his audience. Oh, I, I didn't know that about him. Oh. Yes. Uh, I think see. he'll be he'll be somebody to I think he'll be somebody to watch politically around Genesee County and maybe beyond in the years to come. I I just have a hunch that. Uh, well, you know, he could he him. could turn out to be another uh, Joe Wilson, where he could be sheriff as long as he wants to be. Yeah, that's probably that mm -hmm. could be true too. Or, yeah. as you suggest, Paul, there's there's a possibility he could he could go on to other things. He he. He would make a uh, an excellent lieutenant governor candidate for somebody down the road. Yeah, I can see that exactly. I mean that that yeah. would be the biggest leapfrog I think he could do in one move. But 
Um, you know, I don't. I don't think you go from Genesee County Sheriff to Governor. No, probably not that. I don't think uh, whether he whether he would ever take a look at any state house or Congress. state senate openings in the years to come or something. I don't know. Um, he might be wiser hanging on to the sheriff position. Well, that happened in June. In July, um, much to everyone's uh, shock and chagrin. Flint uh, had some reported absentee ballot issues. <laughs> now, they were coming up on the uh, August primary election. And, um, oh, yes. Yeah. And, and there, there was... What, what was it exactly that happened? They, they didn't get them mailed out in time, or they... Um, um. Were misprinted or something? Well, no, I, I think weren't there some that were mailed out that were were uh, were f- f- um, printed with some errors on them? Isn't that the case? That's that, yeah. If you listen to the that. conversation of uh, the county clerk Gleason versus Inez Brown, the city clerk, yeah, there's a lot of friction. Therein there. lies the difficulty, right in there. But I don't remember what the details were. Yeah, there's no yeah. love lost there. Yeah. But I thought there were some errors, and not everybody got them, but I thought some people received absentee ballots that had some printing error, and they had to redo them or resend them for a couple of local yeah. communities, now that you mention that. Now, uh, Paul, if you got a misprinted absentee ballot in the mail, what would you do with it? That's what mistake they made, I guess. <laughs> He, yeah, no, I'll tell you exactly <laughs> what Paul would do. Paul would put it in his collection. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. He would keep of, that. Piece of Flint history. Exactly. That, that, that is true. And hope that to sell true. it for a million dollars ten years from now. <laughs> you know, kind of like those misprinted stamps that are worth all that kind of money, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, kind of like copies of the Chicago paper that, that published the Dewey defeats yeah, that's Truman right. Yeah, and, and those are I I I, uh, I see those on various political collector websites, and those are worth a very amount of money. The the Dewey one Chicago Tribune newspapers of of 1948. And you know what? They wouldn't be worth a dime if Harry Truman hadn't posed for that picture with it. Oh, that's right. That is quite true. Yeah, that that famous picture. Of Even though that picture Truman doesn't Holden. you know doesn't appear. In the issue that that they misprinted, you know, or or called it wrong, if yeah, you know no, what I mean, that was it was after the fact. It was him holding was up that paper. Truman had already won, and and then I think it was I'm guessing it was a day or two, a day or so later when Truman was celebrating his victory and had a copy of the paper to wave around. But you know, that's probably one of the most famous pictures of Harry Truman taken uh, when you see. Oh yeah. You know, see pictures of Truman of his era. It, it's always it's usually that, that one that pops up with great frequency. Don't you mention it? Uh, well, well, now if you can remember, was that estimate or prediction based on the popular vote or the electoral vote? Well, that was the early returns. In fact, everybody figured. Well, what, well, what was it based on? <clears throat> well, in in '48, everybody was was certain Dewey was going to win. In fact, I think Life magazine a week before the election had a picture of, of Dewey on the cover with the title, Our Next President, 
because all the early polls showed Dewey was way out in front. Nobody thought Truman had a chance. The mistake the polls made, though, was they stopped polling about two or three weeks before the election. And what happened was all those late deciders went to Truman. But, yeah, so it really was a surprise for everybody. And, and uh, almost every every expert around in 48 thought that uh, Dewey was all but elected. In fact, I think Dewey went around for this campaign uh, during the ele- before the election itself and announced his cabinet. He says, well, when I'm president, here's my secretary of defense and so forth and so on. <clears throat> and everybody assumed that that's the way it was going to be because it looked like he was going to just waltz into the White House. Uh, so, uh, Paul, in, in view of what's going on today and as how we look at elections, uh, today we look at the electoral vote. In that day, back in 1945, did they look at just a popular vote or... Well, no, it was still the electoral vote. <clears throat> in fact, one reason one reason the Democrats had some worries was that in '48, the uh, the uh, Southern Democrats, the Dixiecrats, had walked out of the convention over civil rights. So people mm-hmm. figured, well, gee, that's going to kill the Democrats. They're going to lose the South, and they lost a couple states to uh, Strom Thurmond in '48, but still had enough electoral votes to to to, to keep Truman in the White House. But the, but there was great turmoil in the Democratic Party. As I say, the Southern Dems were were angry because Truman had come out somewhat in favor of a few civil rights bills, and uh, that's the that's when they formed the uh, the Dixiecrat Party. And Strom Thurmond uh, was running for president that year and did carry a couple of states, like I say, in in the Deep South. And that, 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 that was when the Deep South. Was well, wouldn't it have been historically a Democratic? Wouldn't it have been standard operating? Procedure now was that the Chicago Tribune? I'm trying to remember if that was. I believe it was the Tribune. Yeah, I believe um, so. Wouldn't it have been standard procedure for the for the Trib to have two front pages set up and ready to run? Yeah. Because they were yeah. waiting for the last possible minute, and they called it too soon. Yeah, that, that I, I, usually most most publications do that. Now they, I, well, I, they would I, have I, in I those heard. days because they were still setting type. Oh yeah, so yeah, they that, would they have were still set. setting type in the old style, and and they had a definite deadline. And the early returns, by the way, did favor Dewey. I mean, early in the day on election day, so everybody figured, well, that's what's going to happen, and everybody was was so certain of it that the Tribune was confident and went ahead with their their uh, their headline. But yeah, you're right. I, I don't know if they ever set type for a, for a secondary option. I. I had never heard that they did. Now that you mention that, I uh, so may, maybe they were so certain that Dewey was going to win that they figured, why bother? <laughs> uh, Paul, um, just a point of clarification, uh, Mr. Chair. Uh, but I thought it was in 1962, uh, three, no, 1964, that Johnson conceded that he had turned the South over. Oh um, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, when, when and not Johnson's, in 1948. That did not happen, or after the Dixiecrats no, were formed. But yeah, no, you're, you're right. When, when Johnson signed the Civil Rights Bill, he said, I, yeah, I've lost the South for a generation. Yeah. And yeah. he was right. I mean, right after that, then George yeah. Wallace took the South yeah. in 68, and then it's been yeah. a Republican ever since then. But you began yeah. to see the, 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 the beginnings of that in 48, because like I say, he, Truman mm-hmm. and, and Hubert Humphrey in 48 came out in favor of a very mild Civil Rights Act. I think it banned lynching and a few other things like that, and even that caused such a such a reaction among Southern delegates that yes. a number of them literally walked out of the Democratic convention uh, during the the summer of '48, 
and formed the uh, what was what was usually called the Dixiecrat Party. Well, let's see. Um, in August, Flint Police Chief Phil Hart stepped down, and uh, he was a, a Mayor Neely appointment, um, but short-lived. And uh, Terrence Green was appointed. That was in August. Hmm. Yeah. And, the, and that's yeah. one of those things, you know, we talked quite a bit about because um, there was a, a short period of time where um, basically, it was maybe only a week, but we were without a police chief because Phil Hart had come to the end of the time he had been hired to cover when Neely first right. got elected. So it was just a natural resolution. He just finished his time there. And uh, about a week later, I think, Mayor Neely appointed Terrence Green, who had been the sheriff in Mount Morris Township or Mount yeah. Morris City. Was it yeah. the township? The township. Yes. And Phil Hart was running for sheriff at the time, or shortly thereafter. That's right. He was, yeah, he was, that's he was right. one of the candidates. Um, then in September, um, there were multiple recalls against Griggs, uh, these are Flint City Council members, uh, uh, oh, I can't think of his first name, Griggs, uh, is it Allen? Allen. Yeah. Allen. Allen Griggs. And uh, Maurice and, uh, Davis and some others. That's right, yeah. I, in fact, I should, I'm wondering whether, have we had a month when there wasn't some attempted recall on somebody in the city council? So I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I feel like every, every month or so that uh, there's somebody trying to recall, at least talking about it. They don't get very far with some of these campaigns, but at least talking about recalling somebody on the city council. And uh, let's see, um, I mentioned the uh, special election for Cynthia Neely, but we had state house races uh, going on in November. And the one that, that stands out is uh, David Martin. He was uh, a member yeah. of the Genesee County Board of Commissioners, and he beat out the incumbent Cheryl Kennedy, uh, who was just wrapping up her first term in the state house. Would you consider that an upset, Paul? A little bit, although if I, I just looked at some, some numbers about how Genesee County voted in 2020. And what's really happened is Genesee County is becoming kind of a like a donut hole. The center part of the county, the city and some surrounding townships, have gone Democratic. But all the out-county areas have gone, went for Trump, both in 16 yeah. and also in 20. <laughs> and all the northern tier of townships where Cheryl Kennedy's district is... Yeah. is she's she's my representative. She's my yeah. representative. Yeah. But, but all and, those and northern tier of townships went, 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 for, went for Trump, in some cases by a decent margin wasn't even close in a few, like Forest Township, I think, was pretty substantially yeah. strong Trump territory. This whole area, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I agree with uh, Paul here, and as I've said before on the show, that this township, which is Democrat domain, and the surrounding townships, uh, for a long time, turned almost solidly Republican. Everywhere there were Trump signs. Everywhere. Well, on that note, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to, we're going to pick it up a little bit with uh, Mayor Neely's State of the City um, 
message and uh, and turn our attention to Lansing from 2020. Hello there, citizens. Darkwing Duck here. And every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck out. If you are sick with COVID-19 or think you might have it, take steps to help protect other people from getting sick. Stay home except to get medical care. Call the doctor before visiting. Separate yourself from others who live with you. Wear a mask to protect others. Cover your coughs and sneezes with a tissue and clean your hands right away. Avoid sharing items with other people in your home. This includes things like towels and bedding. Be sure dishes are washed in hot water or the dishwasher before anyone else uses them. Stay aware of how you feel. If you start to have difficulty breathing or if you are worried about your health, call your doctor. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom. Most of the music you hear on the Tom Sumner program is provided by local artists. Tune in Fridays for live music and conversation with some of the area's most talented singers, songwriters, and performers. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hoppa. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zonjic. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. The Tom Sumner Program, celebrating the rich talent pool from Flint, Genesee County, and throughout Michigan. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. You thought you had every Elvis record made, but wait, Elvis sings again, this time from heaven. That's right, Elvis from heaven. Yes, hear Elvis from Graceland in the Sky, soul-stirring versions of epic proportions. You'll hear Elvis crooning, Pearly Gate Rock, all dug up, lying in the chapel, and 11 others. This record also includes a special Elvis message. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Elvis Presley. Order before midnight tonight and receive this Elvis Presley commemorative casket keychain. Open it up. Yes, the king inside. A must for any Elvis fan. Order yours today. To order your Elvis from heaven, send 9 dollars and check or money order too. 
Elvis from Heaven, P.O. Box 714, Cleo, Michigan, 44487. Or save COD charges and phone 555-5554. Use MasterCharge or Visa, Canadian residents, add $3. The Tom Summer Program.com. This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody. Uh, we continue with Armchair Politics, our final edition for 2020 as we uh, turn hindsight back toward 2020 and uh, talk about some of the things that uh, that happened during this past year, just this, uh, um, just this month. Uh, Flint Mayor uh, Sheldon Neely finally made his uh, State of the City um, message. Um, would would you say it was made under duress a little bit? Well, there was a threat of the recall that, uh, that Art Woodson was talking about at the time. Um, and a little debate about whether what, what it meant to do to give your state of the city within a year. It wasn't quite a year within, within his uh, swearing in, but it was within the calendar year, of I gather. So I, I don't know how the the course, if the, if the courts ever had the rule on that, I'm not sure how they would have gone on that business. Well, I, obviously, it it didn't fit his time. He had not made the decision, hadn't put together all of the components that he needed to know and verified information that was truthful and factual that he wanted to uh, pass on to his constituency. So, no, I don't think he had. It was not presented the way he wanted it done. He wanted more time to do that, and, yeah, but he I, did I, it in compliance with the with the uh, the requirements. Yeah, and I sure certainly don't didn't see it even even if there was some kind of a technical violation. I didn't see it as a grounds for any kind of a recall. Uh, given the nature of this year, it was the state of the city address was probably not something you you needed to do right off the bat when there was so much else going on. It wasn't yes. really on anybody's radar but Art Woodson's. <laughs> That's right. I, I hadn't even thought about it until I heard it, read about the recall attempts. Uh, and, and, and that's funny. I, I felt the same way, Paul. And um, those are events, you and I treat those like sporting events. And so it, it's, it's kind of interesting <laughs> that things were, were so dark that that just weren't even thinking about that. Can right. I ask you this question, Tom Paul? Yeah. What would the governor have done if she was presented with <laughs> that kind of uh, uh, urgent action? Well, she what did. What the governor have done? She she did hers in January. Yeah, but yeah. I'm not talking about that. If she were presented with an ultimatum like that, what would the governor have done? You mean I, either either give your she favorite. would have resisted it. Do you think she would have? I think she would. Yes, I would. I, 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 I think, think she, she would say, "Hey, buddy, who's running this state?" I think she would have buckled. I think she would have gone ahead and given the speech. You think so? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I think probably. Yeah, yeah. And but uh, but but I understand your uh, your point, Henry. She she is kind of tough when it comes to uh, standing up to any kind of criticism. Well, if she can stand up to the Republicans, there, uh, she certainly could stand up to an individual. Well, yeah. I, I said we were going to turn our hindsight uh, to, on 2020 toward Lansing, and uh, this is the perfect transition because here's a, here's a little tiny soundbite from Governor Whitmer's State of the State message from last January. Tonight's speech will be shorter than usual. 
Believe me, the people of Michigan don't want more ceremony. They want concrete action. And sometimes they just want concrete. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> now, remember that was January, and we didn't know anything about the pandemic yet. Um, but people were expecting her to take some sort of action on the roads. And, That's right. And she, uh, and she floated the, the bond idea. Remember that? Yeah. Yes. That's yeah, yeah. That, that's one more issue that almost got lost with all the pandemic talk. Yeah. That's right. But but she could get more mileage out of the out of the issue with the uh, virus. And the president had already uh, made some regrettable uh, steps that she took advantage of. You know, one one issue worth considering is with. <clears throat> in terms of the roads and other projects beyond the pandemic, is it was for all the money that we are spending on the pandemic, the bailouts and the, the crisis spending for it, for it will, will we have the money to, to fix the damn roads and do other things when the pandemic is all said and done? Because there's a huge expense that we've really, the, the nation and the state has picked up as a result of the pandemic. Uh, not just the bailouts, but the money for the, the setting up the vaccines and all of that stuff. It's got. It's going to be very, very costly. Well, just and you got to get past this lawsuit on water here in Flint. That's awful. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so guys, yeah. that's still out there, and and where the that's money right. will come from, who knows? Mm-hmm. Those are some big issues. Well, yeah. uh, again, we uh, we crash into that little uh, hiatus that we took in February and and March, and come back in April when Governor Whitmer was continuing pandemic response to COVID-19 with closure extensions, and uh, she begins drawing criticism. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And lots of it. I mean, in the, I mean pe- people kind of picked away at the, at the details, and there were some things clearly that probably could have been done differently, but bottom line was is that Michigan's had, all things considered, a relatively better record than most other states in terms of managing the virus. It's not great, but compared to even other Midwestern states, as I think she said the other day, the, the uh, infection rate and death rate is at least somewhat lower than surrounding Midwestern states. But, you know, I don't see that, uh, that the governor has changed much of her position when she was even criticized. Things are yeah, still the right. status quo. Uh, here, um, we still have businesses closed. We still have businesses dying we have businesses moving away from michigan to reestablish somewhere else and that bodes badly and we we need to we need to think about how to balance between the virus issue and maintaining our business climate here in michigan and that's the thing that the governor needs to focus on and work with the republicans to find a way out of this status quo well, and then it yeah, was no, just... Yeah, that'll be a big issue. It was uh, in May, of course, we mentioned in the last segment uh, Carl Mankey's resistance, the, the Owasso Barber. But uh, in May, um, armed protesters uh, crowded into the Capitol and, and became very intimidating to lawmakers. Mm, yeah. And, in fact, um, a, a debate about whether or not to allow guns in the Capitol grew out of that yeah but uh that's 
I mean, how we said that is misleading. People had the right to bear arms in the state of Michigan. There was no prohibition against having guns on the lawn as long as they were exposed and under the open carry. But to, to say that they, they went to the Capitol with guns, that, that's an implication that's not true. Well, but these, these weren't guys who showed up to testify, you know, against yeah, some know. action. Yeah. And they happened to be carrying a, a, a gun yeah. or a concealed weapon. These were guys with automatic rifles. And there yeah, they, were, they were they pictures were, they were of these guys, you know, being very intimidating to lawmakers and, and uh, state staffers. You know the, then, the point that I, that struck me is that you can't, you're not supposed to carry a campaign sign into the into the Capitol yeah. for fear of whacking somebody over the head with a yard sign, but it's okay to carry a, a, a semi-automatic weapon. I, I yeah, but I, but we all know that people are going to push these things to the, the to the boundary. We know that, but by and large, the average person that went there had no intention of harming the governor. They they were there open carry but didn't uh, represent the um, intentions of those who were extremists. But yet everybody got condemned by that. And I'm an anti-gun guy guy, you know, because Clio schools, we don't believe in that. Yeah, you've had this from Clio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but I do defend people to, to, to be able to bear guns, not to shoot them, because that's the police department's uh, job to... Uh, to uh, arrest people who uh, break the law, but to just have a gun to kill someone that you don't agree with, I don't, I don't believe in that kind of gun control. But it's, it's clearly meant to be intimidating when you have a number of militia types show up, you know, armed to the teeth. Even if they're not shooting, they're just marching. But clearly, it's meant to, and they're in full military guard much of the time. It's clearly meant to be an intimidating kind of scenario when these folks show up in this kind of style. But we um, condemn everybody like that. And we don't want to condemn everybody because there are some good people, like the president said, even among uh, Ku Klux Klaners and, uh, and agitators and stuff like that. Everybody doesn't have the same thing, and we've got to be careful of condemning everybody. And that's the problem with the guns at the Capitol. I don't, I, you know, and Louie, you've got to remember that I am, I believe that people should be able to be guns, but only in specific places. Yeah, well, by the way, that was, that was a good, uh, the previous hour on the program, on, on the Second Amendment, was, was a good program on that very issue, Tom. Oh, you caught uh, that with... Uh, yeah, good, at least parts of it. I did this morning, yes. With Hanna, interesting in terms of the meaning of the Second Amendment. With Hanna uh, Byromovich. Um, yeah. Yeah, what was, uh, let's see, what's the name of her book? Whose Right Is It? And the Second Amendment and the fight over guns. It's uh, a pretty comprehensive um, look at the history of of the Second Amendment and the NRA and gun regulations and the politics of it. It's uh, and and geared toward uh, a younger audience, ten to fourteen. So if you miss that. Look for it uh, later today in the archives. It, it, you're right, Paula. It was a pretty interesting conversation with Hannah. Yeah. Anyway, we've yeah. got to take a break there for our top of the uh, top of the hour ID. We'll pick it up in May in Lansing when we return for the second half 
of our uh, year-end edition of Armchair Politics, where we turn the tables and uh, use hindsight on 2020 (laughs) instead of using 2020 on hindsight. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Alexander Zanjic. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner. 